Hi, my gems. Welcome or welcome back to the Growing Gardenias podcast. This is your safe and affirming space for us to heal together, grow together, and normalize the hard mental health things we don't like to talk about. I'm your host, Niara. Thank you for tuning in with me and joining me on this journey. Hi, my loves. Thank you so much for being here with me again and for the love and support. I hope the first week of the new year has been peaceful for you all. So today I want to talk about reparenting yourself. I feel like almost everything is tied to your childhood and a lot of the ways that we navigate adulthood, how we experience it, our connection to others, our connection back to self, those are all related to what we may or may not have received from our caregivers as children. And personally, a big part of my spiritual journey is finding my way back home. And home for me is the journey back to self. And I realized that I can't return home or back to self without acknowledging and validating my inner child and what she needed then and still needs now. So this is my story. And I want to share how I came to the realization that I needed to reparent myself and how I'm currently reparenting my inner child and what this looks like for me. And finding that balance where I'm not dwelling too much on the past, but I am aware of the needs that need to be met. My intention for this episode is that you, whoever is listening to this or watching this, will walk away with some more self-awareness and some more insight on what your inner child needs and how you can begin doing that work for yourself. So let's get into it. So I feel like the older we get, especially my generation who are breaking generational curses, we're realizing that a lot of the ways we were parented were not conducive to healthy upbringings, especially if you're black, a person of color, or like an ethnic minority. It's now as adults, a lot of us have realized that our cultures have normalized abuse, physical, verbal, emotional, spiritual, and they called that abuse parenting. And for a while... I defended it. I'm guilty. Like, yeah, no, that's discipline. Or the infamous, I got beat and I turned out fine. Did you? Did you turn out fine? No, I don't think that we're all okay. Um, A friend and I were joking once about how we would be like physically punished for doing normal things that children do. And even though we were laughing about it, we also had that moment where we were both were like, wait, that's kind of abuse. Um, And like, I remember one time I had to be maybe like four or five years old. And I told my biological father a little white lie. Somehow he found out I was lying and he beat the hell out of me like with a belt. And I distinctly remember me crying and him with the belt in his hand, like, this will teach you not to lie. Like, lying is wrong, yes, but did that little white lie warrant a grown 30-something-plus-year-old man beating the hell out of a child? No, it did not. And, like, children lie. They test boundaries. They try to see what they can get away with. And the job of a parent is to teach them why it's wrong, not to beat it out of them. And it's like, what lesson did that really teach me? It taught me I should be afraid of you. It taught me that when someone loves you and wants the best for you, they'll beat you and hurt you to teach you that. And it taught me next time, don't get caught. But I still didn't understand why it was wrong to lie. So that just defeated the entire purpose. And situations like that, And the lesson that it's okay for someone to abuse you if they say that they love you or that you can't make any mistakes. And if you make a mistake, expect severe punishment. Those carry on into adulthood and it can manifest as 
abusive relationships, perfectionism, dissonance between what you know to be wrong versus what you've been taught is right. And I feel like a lot of our parents confuse fear for respect. And when I think about one day being a mother, I don't want my kids to be afraid of me. Like, I don't want them to think love is physical and emotional abuse. And I'm not going to put my hands on my children. Like, I remember having this conversation with some of my family members and it's like saying, I'm not going to beat my children. And they're like, oh, your kids are going to run you. Your kids are going to be this. Your kids are going to be that. And I'm like, no, they're not. (laughs) Like, no, they're going to be fine. And Like, think about it. As an adult, if someone puts their hands on you, you're going to defend yourself in some way, whether that is you physically fighting them back to defend yourself or pressing charges or something like that. But you have the autonomy to do that. Children don't. And when their parents hurt them, there's nothing that they can do. It's kind of like, oh, like you're my protector, but you're hurting me. It's confusing. And they feel small and they feel unimportant and they feel like their needs don't matter. And we grew up thinking stuff like this was normal. And it's not. And in terms of our parents, some of us had narcissistic or emotionally unavailable parents. Some of us had physically and verbally abusive parents. Some people may not want to admit it. And I get it. Truth hurts. But that messes you up. Like that type of behavior and treatment messes you up. And it affects the way you view yourself. It affects the way you allow others to treat you and it affects the way you navigate the world and your expectations of others. Growing up, my mom didn't beat me too often, but she yelled a lot. Like it was very unnecessary. And even now as an adult, like she'll still try to yell, but I don't tolerate it anymore. And now I can say, I'm not going to be spoken to like this. We can talk when you're calm. Back then, I couldn't say that because I'm Haitian and my teeth would be on the floor. So I felt silenced. And because I had no control in that aspect, I thought that the only way people would hear me and listen to me is if I was yelling and being combative. I remember the first argument I had with one of my exes and I cursed him out. I was screaming at him. I was yelling. I was cursing him out, being very mean and very nasty because that's what I knew. And that's what I was taught. Like, this is how you communicate with people you love. And I remember him being quiet and he let me yell. And then he was just like, no, like we are not going to talk to each other like that. You can tell me how you're feeling without yelling and cursing and carrying on like that. And in that moment, I was like, what? I can. And then I thought about it and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you're absolutely correct. I can. You're right. I can communicate without yelling and carrying on and acting like that. And he taught me how to communicate without yelling, without being mean, without being nasty and venomous, because all of that is really unnecessary. That's not how you communicate effectively. And I was doing the same exact thing that I hated growing up. And I still hate now as an adult, like I don't take well to people raising their voice at me. It's a trigger because it takes me back to being, you know, that little girl who couldn't defend herself. And I personally am not angry at my parents for the way that they raised me because this is where I extend grace, right? I feel like they did the best they could with what they had and the things that they perpetuated onto me were perpetuated onto them, probably even in a more extreme manner because my grandparents were born and raised in Haiti and for their generation, love looked completely different. Like you loved your children if you provided them with their basic needs, shelter, food, water, clothing, and 
the way that you discipline them. That was love, you know, tough love, right? And that's where the trauma is generational. Like our parents weren't given the proper tools to parent us because they weren't parented correctly themselves. They didn't know any better. They were just doing what they were taught. And parent wounds run so deep. For me, the relationship that I have with my biological father, and y'all have heard this so many times in the daddy issues episode and just scattered throughout different episodes, but the way that he parented when he was around when I was a kid and how he parents now, like from jail or tries to, whatever, has literally impacted so many areas of my life in a negative way, like my relationships, the way that I view myself, my self-worth. And it's only now being older and wanting to be able to experience connections in a healthy way and be vulnerable and be open that I'm thinking to myself like, okay, maybe this has affected me way deeper than I thought. Because when I was younger, I was like, oh, like he's just a deadbeat, whatever, who cares? The older I got, I was like, wait a minute. I have been seeking validation and love from my father. And to not get that, it really kind of, it hurts. And so for me, a lot of reparenting looks like unlearning and undoing what I thought was the norm. So how am I reparenting myself? So first of all, what is reparenting? Um, Let's start off with that. A general definition is basically becoming aware of your childhood wounds and working to meet the needs of your inner child and be the parent that you needed as a kid. This looks completely different for everyone because we all had different childhoods and we all have different parents and the ways in which that they raised us, whether that's um, the cultural differences or like societal differences, whatever. It's all completely different. Um, even for siblings in the same house, it could be completely different. It's really unique to you. And so for me, the first thing that I had to do to even start reparenting myself was acknowledge that my inner child needed to be reparented. Like I said earlier, for a while, I also thought harsh discipline and toxicity was love because that's how I was raised. So unlearning all of these things I had been taught and trying to find my own way to define things, for example, my definition of love. I'm thinking about how I needed to be loved back then and giving it to myself now. You know, I'm actually reading All About Love by Bell Hooks. Um, I'm on chapter three. This is my third time trying to read this book because every time I've opened this book and started reading it, it has been so triggering for me just because I feel like it's so real and raw. I'm not going to spoil anything. And also I'm only on chapter three, but so far so good. Like I think I'm in the space now where I can be triggered and I can come back and ground myself again. I think it's completely worth it and I'm really getting through it and I'm very excited. Anywho, all that to say, go read All About Love if you haven't. I think so far, so good. So I'll keep y'all posted. But I also think about a lot of the things I wasn't taught correctly that I needed to be. For example, how to regulate my emotions, that it's okay to have emotions besides anger and how to look within because anger is usually a secondary emotion, meaning another emotion is at the forefront. How to communicate my feelings, how to set boundaries with people. I'm teaching myself these things now at 26 because I made the decision that I don't want to live life the same way. And I want to close the wounds I feel that are still open, you know, and reparenting myself also looks like me being very gentle with myself. I say it all the time in like every episode, be gentle with yourself, be gentle with yourself. Like when I make a mistake, instead of, are you stupid? Why would you do that? 
I'm saying to myself, it's okay. Like you're human. We can fix it. It's not a big deal. And I have these dialogues with myself and I feel that I'm really talking to my younger self. And this is what younger Niara needs. And it also looks like me losing my attachment to my hair, telling my younger self, you are so beautiful and perfect because you're you. You are more than your hair. Growing up, there was so much emphasis on my hair. My friends though, and anyone who's grown up with me, I used to have very long hair. Now, if you're watching this, you can see I have a very short, low cut right now. But there was a lot of emphasis on my hair growing up, like your hair is so beautiful, it's so long, your hair is so this, your hair is so that, blah, 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 blah. And I internalized that to mean that nothing else was special about me except for my hair, because that's how people made it seem. And at 24, I got the urge to cut all my hair off. So that's what I did. And I recently cut it all off again because it grew back very quickly. And I cut it all off again to release trauma. And I no longer have that attachment to my hair. Literally, I woke up and I took scissors to my head and I just cut everything off. And I'm like, eh, no, it's just hair. Like it'll grow back. And I needed to do that for my inner child so she could know that, hey, like your hair means nothing. What's special about you is the fact that you're you. Like your hair is nice. Yeah. But that's not what makes you special, you know? And reparenting for me also looks like telling little Niara, you are worth protecting. I'm sorry I didn't protect you. I'm sorry I wasn't there. It's not your fault. You are not worthless because you were sexually abused. You matter. Your life matters. And I realized too, I do a lot of mirror work. I guess that's what you call it. I don't know what it's actually called, but I say these things to myself in front of the mirror. And there have been times where I've been saying some of these things and I've cried because it's like, damn, I really needed to hear this as a kid. And I need to hear this now as an adult because I still carry this pain with me. And it also means... I'm open and I'm vulnerable with myself no matter how much it hurts. Like I give myself the space to feel, right? And reparenting for me, again, like I said earlier, it looks different for everyone, but it also means setting clear boundaries when I feel disrespected or if I feel like someone is intrusive or invading my space in some way. I speak up now because I didn't have that voice then. It also looks like taking risks, putting myself out there and not letting my anxiety stop me from an opportunity. Like I wasn't really encouraged to take risks as a kid. And that translated into adulthood and me being scared to do things because it's like, oh, what if it doesn't work out? Remember what I said last episode? What if it does? You know, now I don't care what the outcome is going to be. I'm still going to try. I also don't tolerate certain things or... I try my best to remember that I don't tolerate certain things like someone yelling or raising their voice at me, cursing at me, getting in my face. And the way that I've been healing my inner child is instead of going into survival mode and getting defensive, I just don't engage. Like I've literally said, I'm not going to engage in this conversation with you. And I think what has been healing about that is that I'm being calm in my reactions. Because when I was younger, like teens and early 20s, it would have been a, who the fuck are you talking to? And probably gotten physical. But I had to acknowledge that acting like that was me being in a space where I was overly protective of myself because I felt like I had to be. And I didn't want to be that way anymore. 
So I, so I decided not to. I decided, okay, you need to go to therapy. You need to work on yourself. And to add on, I've also made sure to remove people out of my life who make me feel like I have to protect myself or who bring out like the hothead Niara that I worked very hard on. I worked very hard to no longer have anger issues. And when I look back on how angry I used to be, it's like, damn girl, like you really needed some help for real. And I got the help and I worked on myself. So there's just certain people and certain things I just can't have in my space. And I don't. And I have that right. And you have that right also. Lastly, I am reparenting myself through acceptance. So for my parents, my mom has been very open and receptive to change and has acknowledged what she's done wrong and what she could have done better growing up. And that has been very validating for my younger self, very healing. And it makes me feel good that she's acknowledging like, okay, you caused me this pain when you did X, Y, Z and she's sorry, you know? My biological father, however, that is a different story. Um, I've had to accept that he's a lost cause and he refuses to acknowledge that he was a shitty father. He is a narcissist, like textbook definition narcissist, always playing the victim. And while it may have been nice for him to be receptive as well, like my mom was, I realized that I was hurting myself waiting for an apology that I am never going to get. I had to let it and him go. And I had to let that like yearning for like my father's love. I had to let that go. And that's hard. That was really hard because it's just like your father is the first man in your life who really kind of teaches you how to be loved, like what to tolerate and stuff. And I remember always having the thought like when I was younger and even into adulthood, like, well, if my own father doesn't want to fight for me and doesn't care about our relationship, then what makes me worth fighting for? He's my flesh and blood. Like I literally came from him. And that was also a lot of like, wounds in my adulthood, like dating and like choosing the wrong people, just seeking that validation and seeking that love that I didn't get from him. And so now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I know who I am. I'm confident in my skin. I'm I'm confident in myself. And it's been much easier to kind of navigate like social connections and all that stuff. Cause I'm no longer like seeking that, like, yes, it hurts. It still hurts. Like that pain, at least for me, has not gone away, but it's been more so like, okay, like this is what it is. You know, I can't fault him for how he is or the fact that he doesn't want to change. This is what he knows. This is how he was parented. He came from a time where, you know, parents did like the bare minimum, just provided you with the basic needs. And that was parenting. That meant that they loved you so much or they gave you money and you have the best parents. I was not raised like like that, like on my mom's side. So that doesn't mean anything to me or like the money stuff that doesn't mean anything to me. So it's definitely still hard. It's definitely still difficult, but I am living with it. And I think that has been very empowering. The fact that like I can acknowledge, yes, this pain is still there. It's very much real, but I'm okay. And you know, I'm going to be okay. And there are times where I'm not going to be okay. And that's okay too. Right. And so that's what most of reparenting has looked like for me. 
I'm also figuring out what my inner child needs as I go through life. The things I mentioned are what I've needed and what I've been working on so far. But we know healing is not linear. Healing is ongoing. And I'm sure other things will come up and I'll figure out what my inner child needs as they come up. Like I've heard a lot of like new moms say that being a mother has brought up a lot of things that they didn't know that they still had to work on. So I'm sure that'll be another journey in itself when the time comes or I'm sure more things will continue to come up. Navigating corporate life and the corporate world, navigating school, like more things will continue to come up. So that is what I've been doing and the work that I've been doing for myself. So how can you reparent yourself? The first thing I'm going to say is I actually cannot tell you how. (laughs) Like, I know that I always have like gems But I can't tell you how to reparent yourself. You determine what it looks like for you by thinking about what you needed as a kid. Therapy can help with this. My therapist has helped me kind of identify some of these uh, feelings. Journaling can help and getting in touch with your younger self. But I would say the first step is acknowledge that your inner child needs some TLC. Definitely. Acknowledgement is number one, right? Second step is determine what that TLC is or what it looks like. So it could be you being gentle with yourself. It could be you being um, open, being vulnerable, playing more. I know like when some people were kids, they were not allowed to like actually be kids. A lot of kids have had to grow up way before their time because of trauma, because of situation, because of survival mode, whatever the reason. So like getting in touch with your child in you and practicing self-compassion. Maybe the adults in your life or your parents weren't compassionate or understanding or kind to you and you needed that. It could look like letting go of any shame or guilt that you may feel. It can look like so many things. So you have to figure out what you needed and what you still need. So if you're listening to this or watching this, I want you to try something. But before I say that, let me just give a disclaimer that I am not a licensed psychologist yet and growing gardenias is not intended to replace therapy with a licensed professional. So please seek therapy with a licensed professional. But this is just something that helped me figure out what I needed to give my younger self. So Grab a piece of paper and something to write with or like open your notes, whatever you want. And I want you to think about your childhood. Think about the adults in your life, the people who took care of you, your parents, whoever. And I want you to make two columns. On the left side, I want you to write down some of the ways that you were spoken to, some of the ways you were disciplined, some of the lessons you were taught, etc. Things you remember from your childhood. And on the right side, I want you to write down what you feel you needed for each situation or for each thing that you write down. Write down how you would have wanted to be spoken to, how you would have wanted to be disciplined, how you would have wanted this situation to have gone. And when you're done, compare the two sides and that'll kind of give you a start on how you need to begin to reparent yourself and what you need to do. Okay, that was very helpful for me. I literally was just journaling and I'm like, hmm, how can I get in touch with my inner child and what little Niara needed? And I just did that and it was very helpful. Um, So just try it out and let me know if it works or not. You don't have to let me know. That's fine too. But just give it a try. 
So lastly, I just want to note too that this part comes with time, but acceptance. Some parents won't change. My father is an example. Some parents will change. I don't believe that he'll change. I just don't. Some will. Some parents won't even acknowledge the pain that they may have caused you. And that really, really hurts. And you are allowed to be hurt about it. And I'll be honest, that hurt doesn't always go away. Like I said earlier, for me, it has not gone away. Even though I've accepted things for how they are, it's still really painful. And there are moments where I think I'm doing fine. And all of a sudden, I'll just think about my father and like the relationship that we don't have because of how he is. And I'm like, damn, like, I'm kind of sad. Like, I wish we had this relationship. I wish he showed up for me in the ways that I needed him to. I wish that he was there for me growing up. It's still very painful. And I know that I said earlier, like, I think for inner child healing, I want to work on closing some of the wounds. I also believe two things can be true. And I believe that not every wound can be closed. And that's okay. Um, It doesn't feel good. No, but it's like, that's where you kind of let yourself feel and you let yourself emote and you let yourself be vulnerable and be sad and whatever comes with that comes with it, you know, and that's healing in it in itself. That's healing being given the space to express your emotions. Not all of us had that growing up. You know, I remember when I was growing up, I thought it was like taboo to express your emotions. Like I have never seen my mom cry. Mm, No, I've seen my mom cry. Maybe like I can count the number of times I've seen her cry. And so in my head, I'm like, when I was a kid, I'm like, well, my mom never cries for anything and she's gone through like some real shit. So what the hell am I crying for? And it's like, no, I needed someone to be like, Hey, it's okay to cry. Even if you don't have a solution, like crying makes you feel better. It's like a release of your emotions. It helps. So things like that. But the acceptance has to come in and it doesn't have to come in like too soon. It comes in when you're ready. It comes in when you are ready and whether your parents want to admit it or not, or whether or not they are willing to accept criticism, feedback, whether they're willing to change, whether they're even willing to acknowledge, it does not feel good. Let's, let's start there. It doesn't feel good you are going to be okay. You are still going to be healing and that's okay. And what they didn't and won't give you is what you will then give to yourself. But first you have to identify what it is that you need to give to yourself. Okay. So that is all I have just short and sweet. I just kind of wanted to touch base on like reparenting myself. And I feel like this may be a part two in the future as I figure out the other ways that I need to reparent myself as they come up in life. But so far, this is what I'm doing. And for those who are kind of in the process of reparenting themselves or have never even thought about reparenting yourself, think about what you needed as a kid. And I wish you all the best. So that is all I have for you all today. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. I'm sending you all love and I hope that your journey to healing your inner child is fulfilling and beautiful. And I hope that you have the capacity to be open with yourself and be vulnerable and process what you need to process. Yeah, I'll talk to you all next week. Gardenia blessings to each of you.